Hey, I'm Abby. And I'm Isaac. And we're from the new podcast, Maculate Conception. On Starburns Audio. Do you know someone that's undergoing infertility treatment? I bet you do. Or maybe you did. Did you ever talk about it with them? Did you ever want to talk about it with some friends and not love what they had to say? We've been going through this for a long time, and we want to talk about how to talk about it. Come with us on our journey as we struggle to become parents. We hope that it makes it easier for friends and family to talk about infertility together. So join us on our journey. Previews are available now and full episodes starting October 15th. Hi, pen pals. Mm. How are you? Today is a special, fun episode. We got a first-time event mm-hmm. happening on this this still very new podcast. I'm not wearing pants. Pen pals, Daniel Vaniel, not wearing <laughs> pants, just... and we have our very first guest ever, ladies and gentlemen, Reggie Watts. Hello. Hi. Welcome. You're a pen pal. You're a pen pal. I'm a pen pal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pen pal. I'm pen pal. I'm so pal. glad you're here, man. I am too. This it's, is really great. It's just great. It's comfortable. We're just talking. It feels to like people. a hot tub. It, it feels does like feel you just slid like it. Like we were just like, at the hotel hot tub, and yeah, and you just jumped right in. <laughs> hey guys, y'all mind if I just slip in here for a second? <laughs> oh, get on in. Get on, get on, on in. in. My balls have been so itching. Oh, no, I just need to oh, get a little well, relief. Get that yeah, part let the water so. get to them. Let the water get <laughs> on them. We didn't build this thing to look at. <laughs> you didn't buy it? No, we built it. No, we built it to fix ball diseases and. <laughs> Perfectly safe. So you, uh, you're here. We're so glad to have you on. As you you. already know, it's everyone else's podcast. We just talk about (laughs) it. And today you are doing that with us. Uh We have pretty great letters. We have great letters. We have three of them. But also, I think is this a third first time? Is this the first time we're bringing someone back? Yes. Into the fray. A lot of firsts today. A lot of firsts today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you to everybody who sends us our letters at the Pen Pals Pod on uh, Instagram and Twitter and the, the Pen Pals Pod at Gmail. And you, you go back if you want to hear the address, or I'll give it to you later. Should but, we uh, should we hop over to I Letter think we Corner? Just do it. Yeah, let's right now. skip over to Letter Corner. Well, it feels good over here. Ooh, I like it. Good skip. I like it. I did one big two footed jump. <laughs> I just walked. Just see what's. Oh, here's all Sorry. the letters. Oh, here. Okay, here. Can Daniel, I have one of those? Let me pass Give me one of this one. Everybody get one. You guys, I just found this. Ooh, Daniel Van Kirk. Here we go. This is sent in from Phil Kajak. Kajak. I still don't know how to say <laughs> Phil Kajak. I think it was one of our first letters. Yeah. wasn't it? It was one of the. It might, I think it was the very first. And that's how Pen Pals works. Yeah, he sent us a letter. We audibly sent him back one. Oh, you're actually falling through on and that And now concept. he's sending us another what? one. Yes. This is crazy. He's sending us another letter. He has sent us another yeah. letter. That's insane. Yeah. This is I mean, like for real. I know. I just hope Phil goes face to face. Here we go. <laughs> Dan and Rory. Yeah. Again, knows, knows how to put the order of <laughs> not, names. Not right, but that's okay. Thanks for reading my letter on the first episode of Pen Pals. My name is pronounced Keyjack. Wrong again. Phil, Key, Phil Keyjack. Not huh. I, yeah, okay. Huh. That's his opinion. Key Jack. Let's steal uh, your keys. But the official Polish pronunciation is Kiak. So Rory technically wins. I do not like this letter. I already love it. <laughs> also, while I appreciate you thinking I'm a possible member of the hole in ground hole in the ground gang, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, look go back and listen to that afterwards. You don't need to have heard that though to get into this one. AKA the coffee cup gang. That's from us. It's sadly not true. Otherwise I would have sold the movie rights a long time ago. I th- I think your Wayne Fetterman theory of him being one of the robbers of the Hole in the Ground gang has some legs. I agree. Wayne is probably a criminal. All right, let's get to it. Here we go. Reggie. Here we go. Here we go. Rory Here it myself. is. Uh. In August of 2001, I saw Radiohead in Grant Park, pre-Lollapalooza, so Phil's kind of bragging, it, in 93-degree heat. It was about I was about 30 feet from the stage, and it was hot and crowded and gross. After the... <laughs> 
After the event, staff sprayed us with a fire hose to cool us down, shot as an arc into the crowd. I know. A guy next to me had a seizure, picked himself up, and walked himself to the medical tent saying, I'm fine, as he walked away. I like that guy. Still having the still seizure. Having the seizure. I'm, fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. His friend told me that, quote, this happens all the time, and not to worry. This has nothing to do with the rest of the story. It's just fascinating. Side note, his friend told me this happens all the time, meaning the friend kind of stuck around to see Radiohead while his yes. friend having a seizure dealt with you're, himself. You're not going to go, Phil's like, you're not going to uh, go with your friend. It happens all the time. Yeah. Can you hear him say he's fine? Yeah. Pass me another wine cooler over there. <laughs> then, a few minutes later, so now the guy's seizure guy's left. Then, a few minutes later, an 11-year-old kid appeared next to our group of friends alone. Bing. He told us that he really wanted to see Radiohead, so he took the Metra from the suburbs, what? I want to say Naperville, by himself, stood in line all day in the heat, and this was his first concert. The only downside is that he was too short to see anything. Oh. So we did what was right and promised the kid that we'd periodically lift him up into the air to make sure he could see, which we did every few songs. Every time we'd lift him up, he'd scream and cheer like it was the pinnacle of his life. He was 11, Phil, it was. After the show was over, he thanked us profusely and went back to the train. This is still one of my favorite concert, concert stories. Every so often, I'll be at a show and wonder whatever happened to this kid, and I just hope that it's... That that experience encouraged him to fully embrace live music and keep seeing shows. This made me wonder. What are your best concert stories? On your first episode, you mentioned that you both see a lot of shows. So I'm guessing Rory had some adventures during those solo fist shows. And Dan probably has a story about the Riv or Aragon in Chicago. Take care. Phil Keyjack. Kayak. All right, yeah. and, and Reggie, you probably do as well. I got one. Okay, <laughs> I've been. This is where Reggie confesses he's been to one concert. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's guys, okay. I know you would think it, but I just don't enjoy music. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, I've been to shows, just not many concerts. <laughs> There's like one time in your life you walked out and you're like, that was a concert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, hey, did it. Yeah. <laughs> Never have to see uh, one again. I, I do have a great story. Do, and, do and it. This is how great Phil is. Phil, yeah. you're such a great pen pal. All of the people who send us in letters are. But Phil, he specifically says Dan probably has a story about the Aragon in Chicago. The year is 2000. I go to the Aragon ballroom with my college girlfriend's roommate. Okay. To see... Creed. Shut it down. Yes. Can you take me higher? Okay. Now, there's a J- there's a general admission area. I love the music. Thank you, Reggie Watts. I love the music. I walk in. There's a general admission, like the whole ground floor of the thing, and then there's like the balcony area. Sure. I'm up in the balcony watching Creed. Yeah. They're like halfway through. Pity for a dime. Yeah. So my pity for a dime. And I look over, and next to me, there is a girl facing the stage, sitting down on a guy's lap, and they are straight fucking. At Creed. What? <laughs> yes. What row? At, no, balcony, front row. Yeah, like you the can little... only do that in the balcony. Right, right. That's At, balcony behavior right there. And you know how those, like, uh, B behavior. That's, B, that's BB. That's <laughs> classic BB. Classic right BB. There. <laughs> and you know how, like, those classic, like, orchestras, whatever, symphony style, like, the, the balcony kind of, like, butts out a little bit like yeah. in an arc so oh, yeah. yeah so there's nobody in front of them and they're kind of like out into their own unless you're also at one of those other little things Got next it. to it so i look over and she's just so my pity just going wow. to town right and i look now i'm no longer watching the show i'm yeah. a 20 year old kid you're watching yeah. another show i watch a whole other show <laughs> i look over the guy sees me and with both hands he goes what man and i'm like you're having sex. You yelled that back? <laughs> and he goes, you don't need to watch. And I go, you don't need to do it. <laughs> and I watched uh, the whole time. With arms wide open. And every once in a while, he would like look over and see me still watching. I'm like, I'm, I am here. Yeah, man. I'm here. I'm wow. watching you. Wow. I'm watching what you're doing. Oh, the Aragon. What is that called if you're like the Mile High Club on a plane? If you're fucking at a concert. And it's Creed. And it's Creed. Balcony crew. No, I don't don't know. 
Bal- Bal- balcony, balcony team. Balcony team. <laughs> the, You're balcony. The 40 foot club. The 40 feet. <laughs> I'm 40 feet crew. Hey. What's that mean? I had sex on a balcony at a Creed show in <laughs> <Yeah>. Chicago. <laughs> Whoa. Where were your seats? In the balcony. In the Ooh. balcony at the Aragon yeah. Ballroom. Yeah. Man, that's I don't have anything like that. No? I I have uh <laughs> I have going to see the Almond Brothers. Uh, at the beacon, the almond, uh, not not the same, but I'll tell you what they sing a lot about a healthy diet and nuts that actually provide a lot of protein. Okay, good. the almond brothers. Just a handful will do ya. <laughs> Just a handful is fine. All right, now we're gonna play almond latte, which I think we all know is our only hit. So give me some of that almond milk. Yeah. <laughs> dear, dear, dear. Sweet almond. Um, went to see Almond Brothers at uh, I can't I can't not say the date. <laughs> I know. In uh, at the Beacon Theater in New York City, uh, and they threw strange enough they threw cashews at us <laughs> during the show. Irony. The right. irony of that. Although smart move by the al- by the cashew industry to got, get behind the got Almond Brothers. Got super high. Was with my buddy. His dad was a cop. Uh, How so old are you? I walked up to go to the bathroom. Saw some guy smoking a joint. I, it was a sophomore year in high in uh, college. Okay, I I hit the joint. Saw him, my my buddy, come, going to the bathroom. I go, Jack, get over here. He smokes the joint. We go back and sit down and we're watching the concert. His dad is like saying something to him. I'm on the other side, and uh, at the intermission, his dad looks at me and he goes, "Did you smoke pot with my son?" And for some reason, my brain was like, "If I answer sarcastically." I am telling the truth. So oh, I go, yeah. smart. Yeah, I smoked pot with your son. Yes, officer. Yeah, in my head, I'm like, there, you told the truth. You did say yes. It's his interpretation. Yes. As soon as they started the second set, his dad looks at me and goes, when I retire, I'm going to smoke a joint this long. He was, like, so happy that oh. we were high. I was terrified. For those at home, Rory put his fingers 40 feet apart. Yeah, and I was like, sir, there's no joint. That's not a joint. <laughs> I'm smoking And you it. can't smoke all that. And why would you want to? Because no. I'm retired. You hit a peak of highness. You can't go high. You can't. Creed's wrong. You can't go higher. So he, when you, yeah. when you were. <laughs> Someone can't be taken higher. They no. Can't, you can't. They can't. You can't. Once can't. you're high, you're high. Yeah, you're high. You're yeah. high. Okay. I like that. So when you said, yes, officer, I'm high right now. I got high. Yeah. Did he just be like, okay. And then he, he knew you were lying. Like, t- you were he did, he did play it he off. Probably he probably like, saw right, you, right? right? He didn't care. And then he just waited till later to be like, look. He uh, was making us drink on the way to the show. None of us are 21. He was like making us drink. Sounds like a cop. Super cop-oriented Super behavior. Cop. Drink yeah. it now. When I, worked at a bar, when I worked at a bar in downtown L.A., the the most rowdy people we would always have were cops. Yeah. Like, off-duty cops. Of course, Because they're like, what? Guys, we're in. Call whoever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're us. Yeah, exactly. Call yeah. us. It's like, no, that would be great. They go to call 911. The guy picks up a phone and <laughs> says, hello. Yeah, I'm at the show. Uh, what that... row? I'll just come over and hang out. Is this 911? You got shooters? Yeah. yeah. Can I... Not those kind of shooters. <laughs> come on, man. Back off. Come on. Come on. Anyway, anyway. Now, anyway. That, now that I got you on the phone, bartender, yeah, can I get right. a rumple mitts down here? <laughs> rumple, yeah, they're ordering horrible drinks. Rumple mints. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. We'll take some peach schnapps and some uh, mixed with uh, Michelob Ultra. Some gold schlager. <laughs> Give me some gold schlager. I want to drink gold schlager. I saw Tool at the Grady Cole Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, in 1996. I Damn, think. yo! And that is like a YMCA gym. That's the size. Really? Of that That's what place. I was gonna say. The other crazy. thing about this, whether Reggie, whether you have a crazy story, or whatever. I'm sure we all have stories about what this kid's experience. I imagine an 11 year old kid oh, who's like, I'm getting blowing. on the commuter train. Yeah, I'm going, he's 11 years Just old. Just by himself? Yes, he was. They said he was all by himself. How did he get in? That's what they never. He said, I still think about this. My kid. daddy's inside. He's oh, an angel. To fucking see this show. Yeah, and that then kid he, was an angel. And then he asked them to like hold him up on his their shoulders every once in a while so he could see the show. Yes. He's like, he was the most punk rock kid. That's this Radiohead show, but I think we all probably have like moments where like this is. Can I tell you guys what my first concert was ever? Yes, yeah. United Center in Chicago, Amy Grant. I love That's that the Amy first Grant. concert I and it my, rocked. My Great first, choice. my first concert, Furman University, Paladin, Paladin Stadium. New Kids on the Block. Yeah. Yes. This is why we're from. The 80s, guys. The Whoa, 80s. The 80s. I mean, 80s, sorry. <laughs> 80s. Uh, my first concert was Missoula, Montana. Okay. Fugazi. 
Ooh. See that one? That was fun. Yeah, you win. That's, a, that's good for the resume. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, when people, it's weird because sometimes I've gotten almost not gotten jobs. And I'm like, no, no, read a little bit further <laughs> Keep down. Going. Wait, your first concert was yeah. Fugazi? Oh, we're going to fire somebody to hire <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, let so. me make a position available. <laughs> I never did like our president. Tom, come into the office. What was your first concert? Well, I saw Millie Almond. Vanilli. All right, you're fired. Right. You know what my first uh, CD was? What? It was 1993 or 4, and my mom had gotten me a component CD player, like part yeah. of the stereo Can we system. guess? So Can we be... guess? Is it rock and roll? Nope. My grandma walks into Walmart, Uh-oh. and she goes- MC Hammer. I... Nope. She goes, I want to yes. get my son a, a CD He's getting a CD player for Christmas, and the guy goes, "All right, well, this is like the most popular CD right now." No, no. Remember back, I was like, it wasn't even what the content was. Like, this is the most popular Popular CD CD. right now. She's like, "Do you think he'll like it?" And he's like, "I mean, yeah, I can't can't imagine the most popular. It's the most popular CD. What was it? And if it's '94, which I think it was, it is by far." The most popular CD album of that year. Nirvana. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Now that'd be too cool. Okay. All right. You ready? What was it? Okay. The Bodyguard soundtrack. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And I rocked it out. Well, honey, I wanted awesome. to get you something I'm... now that you have a CD player. They I... said it was the most popular CD. They could barely keep them in stock. And oh. I, I hope you were like, obviously it is. I can't even rip it open fast enough. <laughs> Dude, I loved it. Queen uh. of the Night. I listened to Every song on you that had music. to. It That's was amazing. the only CD you had. I know. How old were you? <laughs> Probably fourteen years old. So you're just like, what is this shiny technology? I loved Look, it. The, it glints I'm in a the laser. Queen of the night. Whitney just crushing yeah. it. Yeah. Getting carried around by Kevin Costner. I'm gonna download uh, that now. Yeah. Oh, it was it's so happening. good. I yeah. loved I Will Always Love You. Of that course. Dolly Parton song. I of love course. It. I mean, Dolly Parton, come on. I know. I DP. Know. Dolly P. Legend. Yeah. yeah. I just think of this kid. That was a good letter, Phil. I like, I, Thanks, I wonder Phil. what happened to that kid. I do. I know. If I was Phil, too, I would think about that kid all the time. Now, I guess, why why concern yourself with the man who has multiple seizures and doesn't have to seem good <laughs> friends? Don't don't worry about him. You know, every him. time I'm at a concert, I never care about the guy who might have died that night. I all I do is care about the kid who maybe has negligent parents. That's right. exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Because they're possibly the future. Rory, nothing makes me happier when we do the show than when you end a sentence with the joke I was going to say, too. I'm like, Rory did it. And I, that's I don't mind even have to tag it. I'm a mind reader. All right. That was our first letter. Thank you, Phil. Sincerely, Daniel Van Kirk. Re- uh, Reggie Watts. Sorry, Reggie Watts. <laughs> and Rory Van Kirk. Damn it, Rory. Oh. Welcome back. Folks, welcome oh, back. God, what a break. Thank you for listening. Wasn't that a good break? That was a real good break. It felt good to me. It I don't know what you me. guys did, but we did a lot of breathing exercises and we stretched. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was wondering why you kept handing me a part of a Kit Kat bar. And then I was like, oh, okay. to chat To break. challenge you? Yeah. <laughs> to see if you'd take it? Okay. See yeah. which, if you're a lefter or a yeah. rider? I was a lefter. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. It's too weird. It's weird looking water. It's a weird, that's a weird water. Right. It's a weird water. They were like, just put the water in those bottles. It looks like a droid. Put it in a droid. Actually, put it in a droid. Yeah. Uh, okay. Have you guys tried that Wally water? <laughs> That's my best joke of the episode. <laughs> R2D3. Okay, now part of the great thing of having yeah. uh, a fellow, another pen pal in the studio with us is we told people ahead of time to send you some letters. Yes. Do you have one from the letter I, pal? Let's, Roy, should we go over to Let's the letter pal? Let's go to the letters. All right, here we are. Take it away, Reggie. Now, Reggie, I see, is picking a letter from a stack of 100,000 letters. That was a lot of okay. DMs. I came prepared. Okay, so here it is. I found it. Uh, this is from Instant Grams. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it was taken from there. Oh, Instant that's Grams. right. Okay. Um, it says, Reggie, uh, to my dearly beloved pen pals, Rory, Daniel, Vaniel, Caniel, Mm-mm. and Reggie. First of all, they didn't. It's DVK. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. went with a C. Yeah. I know. And the order's all off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks, no. Rory. You, no, you agreed with me. You said no, yeah when I, I said the order uh, was. Yeah. Shit. I agree, oh, too. Shit. Just so you know. <laughs> thanks, thanks, I thought you were going along a path where we all we have to do is say yeah, but you threw us a curveball. <laughs> we ball. do a lot of that in here. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of curveballs, a lot of yes. Yeah. 
Um, okay, it says, guys, hey, so nice to talk to you, Reggie. Remember when we smoked weed at the Walker in Minneapolis at the AIGA conference? That was so cool. Do you remember that? I actually do. Oh, wow. As I was is that reading re- you it. You really do. As I was reading it, I was prepared. My default is that I'll never remember. Yeah. You know, right. so, but as I was reading it, I was like, oh, no, I remember AIGA and I remember The Walker. Cause was, this, the, was this somewhat recent? It's somewhat recent. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, within the last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's great. It's, you know, it's a Midwest. It's great. Uh, that was cool. My question for, for all of you. Uh, what do you do when you feel stuck? Stuck creatively or geographically or financially, whatever the case may be. That moment that overcomes you where you're just like, fuck, where do I go from here? Sincerely, Carly. Thanks, Carly. That's Carly Simon. Who's yep. been re- we got a lot of names. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big? Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. We got some big hitters writing uh, us. Yeah. Someday, we have a letter from Rob Ewell that someday we're going to have to get to and yeah. address. But that's uh, a whole separate Also, thing. maybe the, one of the first letter, letters we ever got. Uh-huh. We still haven't addressed it. I know. Oh, that's, but that's pretty cool. Carly's Time capsule it. I know. Um, well, that's who, a, I tell you what, that's a great question. It I is love it. Question. How, I also love that it isn't just stuck creatively. I let's I I like stuck let's, in general. Let's, John, yep. let's you write into creatively. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're stuck creatively. You just feel like you're not in the zone. Because I think we would all agree that people I think assume at least let's talk about comedy alone. Sure. People are like oh yeah you you you're, you're in a rut so you're not sitting down and writing down ideas. But that's not really the place. The rut or like getting stuck, I think, is the frame of mind. It's just your mindset mm-hmm. where you're not enjoying what you're saying. You're not enjoying what you're doing. It's not about writing more stuff or new stuff or different stuff. It's just about getting back to having fun mm-hmm. doing it again. Yeah. So I will say for me personally, there's uh, shows where I will either be high on a show or uh-huh. not high on a show. Yeah, Those aren't always solutions sometimes being high was the wrong choice and being sober i would have had more fun yeah but sometimes if i'm stuck i'll wonder am i doing am i going up high all the time am i going up sober all the time yep and then i kind of mix it up to try to i mean i think pot is specifically a medication towards pulling yourself out of some creative ruts sure it's not always the solution but that's what i'll do sometimes for creative creatively to pull myself out you'll alter your mind I think so. Yeah, I think that's what I I try to do. Try to shift it, get into a a new frame of mind, or uh, I I think I just step back and figure out how I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh I can't change necessarily the words or the jokes so quickly. Right. Yeah. So I step back and go, oh, I need. I should do it this way. A lot of characters I've done on stage were born out of wanting to do like just do change the how. Yeah. Yeah. Not the what. Yeah. 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 What about you, Reggie? Uh, if I get stuck. Yeah, I mean, I use a kind of a similar technique in anything. Like if I'm stuck on a decision or whatever, I I, I like to I like to think of it as taking advantage of the window of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Meaning, there's always a moment when you instinctively knew what to do, but then you d- you doubted it, and then when you doubted it, like that window closed. Yeah. You know? So, so I try to recreate that again, or I'll force it just by making a decision. I'll right. just say like, just do this, and as long as because the thing is, you know what they say in like a. Special forces are like the army, military. They're always like, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if you're in a situation, you know, in a battle or whatever, it's like you have to keep moving, keep keep moving. And so it's the same thing for me if I'm stuck, especially on stage. I feel like oh, I'm doing too much of this. Uh, uh, you know, I, I recognize a pattern because I don't want to recognize a pattern. I want to be riding the wave. Right. Yeah, right. You know, right. so so I'll do something totally crazy. I'll just be like, oh fuck it. I'll just go backstage with the mic and do something. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. You know? And then that will be like, oh, shit, I know what to do. And then I come back. Whatever. Just something to break. You just got to break it. Break it's yourself. It's like kind of shocking yourself out of the pattern. Right, didn't yes. you tell me once you did a you did a show in a hotel and you went up the elevator and did the show? I went up the an elevator. elevator. Oh, that's yeah, so yeah, yeah. rad. I went it was up, like, it was you were, you're like in a lobby, right? It was in a <laughs> lobby where it was like, like I don't know, 12 floors. But yeah. you know the lobby where you see all the way to the top and uh-huh. the rooms are around the lobby? Yes. So, yeah. so, you, had, so you could get like the reception. Yeah, courtyard yeah, yeah. lobby. Which I didn't thing. know. I didn't think about the reception. I just had no. a wireless mic and I was like, ah, let's go walk around. And so I got in the elevator and luckily it kept working. Oh I went up to like the sixth floor, kept talking. Some families were like walking around. I was like talking to them. Then I came back down, 
some people were going into yes. a room. I went into their room with them, which they were okay with, and I came out of the connecting room because they had two rooms oh, together. What? Like I did a magic trick. That's amazing. And then I got back on stage, and you can hear the manager of the hotel off stage go, "Please don't do that anymore." And I go, "Oh, you saw that." <laughs> <laughs> This booming voice over the entire life. Oh, you noticed? You noticed that I did that? Yeah. Um, yeah, doing stuff like that is what I prefer. I but prefer those like, kind of moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great way of like just like, well, I'm, what if I just switch, change this? Yeah, because yeah. then it's not bit. the bits. You're not doing any bits. It's not right, your joke. Yeah, you're changing your energy. The thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you, don't yeah. Want, you don't want crutch energy. Uh, yeah. For me, it's like, well, I think creatively, like, I also think about writing. And I can get through a rut by shutting everything else down, which I know isn't always feasible for myself and isn't feasible for necessarily every person who hears these words. Mm -hmm. But I literally, if I can be like, you know what, for two or three days, I'm going to take some time to do nothing but this writing. And I'm not even going to put pressure on it being good. I'm just going to put pressure on like putting it out, just putting it up. Don't even worry about it. And it helps me because I'm very good at multitasking just things I have to do in my life, I'm not good at multitasking creatively. Like, I almost mm. need to be very specific about my time for that. Like, I can't be like, all right, I'll do, I'll go to the gym for two hours and then I'll write for an hour and a half and I'll do it. That hour and a half, I won't write. It's too, yeah. it's too, it's too confined. Forced. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. What I, here's the thing though, by taking a chunk of time to be nothing but solely specifically creative on one thing, I find that. The analogy that I even said to somebody this week is that gets gets me up the mountain, like that gets me started on it, mm-hmm. and then I can take an hour on a Tuesday or an hour on Thursday because I'm just adding in to a train that's already in motion. In motion. Yes. Yes. So many analogies at once, yeah. but but yep. like to me, and you know what I likened it to? I was thinking of you, Rory. I oh, likened thank you. it to uh, <laughs> cooking. Okay. And you're, a lot of your time in cooking is like prepping something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and once you've got it done, well, now all you have to do is stir it every once in a while or flip it over a little bit. Yeah. And that task is so much easier. It's still part of the process, yes. but it's so much easier than everything that started it. The prep. Yeah. And so yep. once I've taken a chunk of time to creatively get the process going, then even if I didn't finish it in those two or three days, it is easier for me to come back and just add a little bit more. Yeah. Stir it a little huh. bit, flip it over. Mm-hmm. So huh. so for my like it. ruts, I just I make the sacrifice to take a time. Maybe that's a day, maybe it's three days, maybe it's a week if you're lucky enough. Yeah. We have friends, uh I know one of our friends who went for six weeks to get a draft done of a book. And they were they were gone. They lived somewhere for six weeks, and that's what you know. They were able to do that, and that's what it took huh. for them. Yeah. That what if I def- did that all the time? Huh. This show would probably our <laughs> ratings would be like, would go, whoa, like, like whoa. Just so you guys huh. know, I've uh, I've I've recorded the shows and I've edited out all of Rory's reactions, so you huh. can hear the show the way it's supposed to sound. I've like. edited out all the talking except for the huh 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 huh. And now I cut it into a beat. <laughs> the hot new single coming, huh? <laughs> but yeah, so I take uh, I'll take time, and then I can come back to it more easily. You know, Camille, that's cool, man. When, I just that to, makes when sense. we lived in New York City, uh, I was talking to Camille about writing, and he was like, "Yeah, just sit down for twenty minutes a day," it, which is still hard for me to Very be like, "I'm going to sit down and write for twenty minutes." But he said, "He goes, once you sit down for that twenty minutes, you find that it's easily two hours, and then you go, oh, I did a lot of writing.' He goes, but if you just say it's going to be twenty minutes, I see, and oh, yeah. just go, I twenty Trick minutes, yourself. I can get up." But then yeah. you don't want to get up because you remember, oh, yeah, I like doing this. Right. Yeah. And if it's sitting a day and writing when... anything is wired into my brain to be homework, and I'm me immediately too. turned off by me it, too. even when it's my passion. Yep, me too. Yeah. And you know what? That good <laughs> thing about that idea is is if it is a day where nothing's coming, you're, you just get up in 20 minutes. Well, let me throw this That's out true. there. Yeah. Because yeah. the letter also was talking about overcoming being stuck geographically like or financially. Right. Oh, Maybe yeah. there's are just two other examples of being stuck. Maybe there's other ones. But yeah. I don't really know what to say about the financial one because I feel like at least in what we do, you're, we're all just kind of like – it's not like we have this like – this is your job, right. and this is what you go do. It's like different gigs popping up. Yeah. And so the financial is like up and down anyways, but geographically intrigues me greatly as three people who travel a lot for yeah. our jobs. I don't know that I tr- – I don't know that I feel stuck geographically – 
too much because yeah. the nature of us going and making money yes. allows us to it's escape. It's so true. Like when somebody says to me, like, how do you true. like LA? I'm like, I like it a lot, but yeah. I get to travel. They're like, oh, do you ever miss home? I'm like, actually, no, because I get to, I, I get to travel. Yeah, I get to, you be, get to, get to appreciate it. Yeah, or like I'll, luckily shows in Chicago or Madison pop up enough that I'm like, I'll just stay a couple extra days. So yeah. I don't identify with that at all, but I, I also value it. I get the, yeah. I appreciate it at yeah. the same time. I don't yeah. know. If you were stuck somewhere geographically, I think the thing is, is for people that's like crazy. us, we went to where we had had to go yeah, to do our true. thing. Yeah. Right? When you, where did you first move? When you were, when you were like, well, I started out in uh, beautiful Rochelle, Illinois. Okay. Then moved to Chicago. At what at what age? Uh, college. I think it's Chicago. College. But okay. Is it? It's it is Chicago. It is Chicago or Chichi. Yeah. No. Wow. Chichi or Chicago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Doctor Chicago. Chica- I'm in Chichi for a while, and then. Uh, then, then just came straight out here from Chicago. Yeah. So Chicago. yeah, you had so you had like a sense that you needed to go right. somewhere so else. It's hard for me to, to identify to somebody who feels geographically stuck because I'm like, just go. Yes. I mean, I think that maybe if that's where they're coming from. I knew for me, you know, I was growing up in Montana and I got a age 18, and you can't really. I mean, I could have gone to the College of Great Falls, but I'm not going to do that. Right. And I and I loved music and you know seeing like MTV and all these crazy locations. And I just knew that I had to move to the biggest, next biggest city. What, that was Seattle. What age was that when you were like, this is this town isn't big enough for me? I'd say like I started feeling it at seventeen. That you just 18. had you want you want to do something that just wasn't here. Yeah, I knew that like there just wasn't the stuff that I wanted to see yeah, in town. It right. just did. It wasn't there. Right. Which is actually kind of cool. I mean, I like growing up in a smaller. A town, the, the smaller town thing is kind of fun to, to do because you kind of know if you've got plans to do bigger things that you're going to move from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, I got some friends who are like, man, I'm going to move, man. And they're like still there, yeah. which isn't, I don't want to say it's a bad thing. I'd say it's only bad if they think it's bad. Sure. But, I agree. But, uh, but you know, a lot of times, like younger kids, if I go back to my hometown, they'll be like, hey, what do you, how'd you do? And I'm like, just keep having fun. Uh, move to where there's a scene mm-hmm. um, and then just make friends with people and keep working together and like doing shows and stuff. And and it's like, I always tell them it's the easy choice. Right. The the easy choice is just follow your fun. Yeah. It's also like uh, an instinctual choice. Yes. Like when people will ask me of any of the decisions I ever made at all from like deciding to try stand up to where I am now. I don't, I don't know. I don't really truly, I can't go back and go, oh, I thought about this and this and this. Like, I remember I bought a flight to D.C. without even really thinking <laughs> about it. I just knew that there was stand-up in D.C. Oh, and yeah. my sister lived there. So in my head it was like, well, then that's where we go. There isn't another option. You're right. She's yeah. there. There's a couch. <laughs> I can get a job. And I can go do stand-up and learn improv. Like, go there and do that. Yeah. And right. so I just, I did it. And then... You know, it's like, oh, you want to learn improv? Well, then you sign up for improv classes. Oh, you want to do stand-up? You go watch all the open mics and you put your name down. Like, you don't think about some other thing. You're just like, well, this is what everyone's doing to do it. Yeah. And so that's what I'll do. You don't, yeah, I don't know why It's like deep water diving. Like, find your line and then just keep pulling down that line. Yeah, And just stay on that because you know you want to go to the end of that. So know what's there. What are you diving towards? And then just keep your hand on that line and you'll figure it out. For me, it was weird because... Right after college, I didn't pursue comedy. I didn't pursue improv. I didn't pursue acting or any of that stuff. And I think it was because of what you guys just both touched on. That idea of that work and doing that thing was too easy, That the easy choice. And I was yeah. like, oh, no, work's supposed to be hard. Work Like I'm <laughs> comping out on something if I'm not working. Like that's yeah. too easy. And then what I realized eventually was like, oh no, everybody has something for them that's so easy that they're like, man, I would, I would teach kids every single day for free if I didn't have to worry about bills. I can't believe they right. t- they pay me to do this. I'd hate to be a lawyer. And then a lawyer would be like, yeah, you know what the crazy part is? I would spend all day finding loopholes for free. Yes, I exactly. love it. Exactly. I grant, I'll take all this money, but these idiots, <laughs> I'd find loopholes for free. You know. And so you literally need to find the thing that you're like, this seems too easy, and then hopefully get paid to do yes, that thing. Totally. Yeah, but yeah totally. it's just. So for this person, if you're stuck geographically, ask yourself, like, what really would – what environment or energy or space or type of people – because, you know, there obviously is cultures to certain towns and cities – 
make would make you the most happy that it seems like well i can't just do that because the answer is you can you can't i know yeah. there, i know there's a financial element to just get to be picking it up might and, not be easy at leaving. first yeah it's not easy it's definitely not easy but also keep in mind there are an infinite amount of realities that are all happening yes. at the exact same time yep. and if you're just like this spot that i'm at you're not gonna you can't change yourself right but you can go all right well here i am in brooklyn new york I think I'm just going to go live in a suburb in Georgia. Yeah. Like, that's another planet. Yes. You are moving to another Completely. planet. And there are millions. There are millions of planets. Now, like I said, it's not easy. Right. And sometimes it's not what you want. But maybe you want to go live in a cabin, you know, in Hawaii or Alaska. Like, yeah. I'm not saying you can just go do those things. But if you are stuck geographically, know that there's some pretty extreme and way less extreme changes that you can make that if you work towards them, I think you can yeah, Make it, and also I think they're very healthy. I think if you're like stuck geographically, that's not really a choice you're making. The universe is telling you you need to move. You got to get yeah. somewhere else. It's yeah. the, you don't have to pay attention to the details. All you got to do is be aware. Oh, I'm feeling this way for a reason. So then you yeah. got to do something about it. Right. Yeah, because the choice is easy. It's not to say it's easy, but the choice is easy. Right. Yeah. The choice is like, oh, you know what? I really I met a friend. You know, and and it's also about culture. It's about who you know. Mm-hmm. So take advantage of that. You know, the more social that you are, um, in whatever context nowadays, you can be electronically social. But sure. like, but you know, you're like, oh, I'm coming through. Blah blah blah. Does anybody? Could it, is there a couch I could crash on? Couch on crash on their couch. Someone's friend comes over. Oh man, there's this cool thing to come to tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. well let's go there. And you're just kind of like yesing, yesing, yes. yesing. A lot and of can that, I can know? I tell you something? Yeah. That's how uh, Amy Grant got started. No way! Yeah, what? I brought it all the way back around. <laughs> well, I love that <laughs> Amy Grant. Wow! I say uh... the two degrees of Amy Grant. <laughs> Welcome back to the two degrees of Amy Grant, <laughs> where we tell podcast. the same story every week. <laughs> uh, we'll close this out. I would say that financial thing is the same thing. Just make sacrifices to get to the place you want to be. Like you said, the choice can be easy. The work might not be. But if it's wor- what you really want, the work is worth it. And also just remember, set a target and move towards the target. And then over time, learn that the journey was the target oh and the target God. was not the target. And you or, actually... And also we're sponsored by Target. Yeah, and you, Rory, I think we'll say this last on it, if that's cool. I think that... Something you talked about one time we watched. Did you watch the Jim and Andy documentary on Netflix? I did not. I need okay. to. But remember his dad tells him, Rory, he says, uh, I tried to play it safe and I failed. So you might as well do what you want with your yeah. life because you can fail you can playing fail. it safe, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So just go uh, for follow, Find that line and yeah. follow it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Damn. That's our second one. I guess we'll take Sincerely, another Sincerely, quick... your yeah. pin pals. Daniel Van Kirk. Oh, and Reggie. And Roarborg. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Galley Foods. What's for dinner tonight? If you're tired of hearing that nagging question, Galley is the answer. They're a meal delivery service that does all of the cooking for you. Every day, their team of professional chefs prepares fully cooked dinners, so the only work you have to do is turn the oven on. Their menu rotates daily with options like filet mignon with poblano salsa, crab cakes, romesco chicken, and more. They cook with fresh ingredients, sourced locally whenever possible, and best of all, there are no subscriptions. Simply order whenever you need dinner, delivered to your doorstep. Let Galley handle cooking tonight so that you can spend time doing the things you love with the people you love. Head to galleyfoods.com podcast to get $20 off your first order. Again, that's galleyfoods.com podcast and discover the magic of Galley today. Hey, Pallers, there's nobody on the planet like you. I believe that because you're my friend. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for anyone else? Helix Sleep built a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body and sleep performance to the perfect mattress. Whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, like a plush or firm bed with Helix, there's no more guessing or confusion. So just go to helixsleep.com slash pals, P-A-L-S. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. I love you, Helix. So for couples, Helix can even split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and feel preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try out a Helix mattress for 100 nights risk-free. Right now, Helix is offering up to $125 off all 
mattress orders. So get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash pals. P-A-L-S. That's helixsleep.com slash pals for $125 off your mattress order. One more time, helixsleep.com slash pals. Hey guys, your pen pals are here. And we want to talk to you about Keeps. Keeps is designed for guys who want to stop hair loss. With their scientific and affordable approach managed entirely on Keeps.com, Keeps is the easiest way to stop hair loss before it's too late. And it's very relatable. There's a lot of people out there. You're like, oh, I have a little less hair than I Mm -hmm. used to. I wonder if there's anything I can possibly do. (laughs) Is there a solution? Yes, There are two clinically proven medications that let you keep your hair. And now they're inexpensive and they're easy to get. Yep. You don't have to lose your hair if you don't want to. And Keeps really works. They offer the only two FDA-approved hair loss products clinically proven to keep the hair you have. No BS, just science. And it's totally safe. These are generic versions of medications that have been around for a while, but now they are cheaper and easier to get. And that's why we want to tell you about Keeps because for for five minutes now and just a dollar a day, You'll never have to worry about hair yeah. loss the sign up. again. Sign up. Takes less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. You answer a few questions. You snap some photos of your uh, your head. And a licensed doctor remotely reviews your information and recommends the right treatment for you, all without ever having to leave your couch. That's right. The doctor never leaves your couch. Guys, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Guys, I actually uh, went through the process of this and checked it all. It is so easy to do. And as I said, they offer versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month free. free. That is a hell of a deal to for, for getting to keep your hair. Yeah. There's so no, quit putting it yeah, off. You're agreed. putting it off. That's what you're doing. You're agreed. insecure about it. You're worried about it. Will it work? There's a lot of scams out there. Mm-hmm. We're telling you right now, there's no reason to put it off any longer. You can stop your hair loss today, and it's very easy to do. Sign up with Keeps. Yep. To receive your first month off of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash pals. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash pals. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash pals. Keeps. Hair today. Hair tomorrow. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Hey, folks. We're back. Thanks for hanging around the break on this special Pen Pal additional episode. I love it. I love yeah. that we're doing this. Yeah. We'll probably do it again. Yeah, yeah. Reginald Watsonland is yes. here. Je suis. Je suis Reggie. Si, si. Uh, we got one. Uh, this is, uh, we're going to go right into it. This one let's came off of uh, Gmail, let's which go is to the uh, the penpalspod at gmail.com. Let's go to the letters and let's get into it. Here we go, folks. This is coming uh, from uh, Amy. And she writes, hey, Daniel and Rory, wrong order, that's fine. It's not the wrong order. My name is Amy, and you can use my name, and we will, Amy. I want to ask about the type of things that worry us in the night. Already so poetic. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the things that worry us in the night, and those things are infinite. <sighs> they are. When I finally climb into my bed, I've been thinking about all day. Sometimes I can't sleep. Or I wake in the night with this profound sense of dread about death and the afterlife or lack thereof. It is terrifying. I feel like I am more acutely aware of it in the cover of darkness when all is quiet. Why do you think that is? I feel like every night that my husband is there with me and my young son that still sneaks into our bed in the night are precious and won't last forever, so I hold them tighter. The pain I feel from the thought of us as a family being separated by death is so crippling, it's hard to bear. Do you think the fear lessens as you get older and get used to it, or do you think it gets worse as we get closer to it? Do you guys have this happen to you in the middle of the night? Is that a thing other people do? I am so scared of blank nothingness, and I hate the helpless feeling because there is nothing I can do about it. Sorry to bring up something so deep and depressing, but it weighs on my mind, and I wanted to just put it out there. Thanks for reading. I hope someone writes to you about funny stuff. This is so bad. (laughs) Your pen pal, Amy. Amy really just want to work it backwards, just going very, very insecure right there at the end, wanting someone to write something funny. Amy, what you don't know is that this is the kind of shit we love. It is. Profound existential crisis. Get out of town. 
Welcome back to PEC. Yeah. Profound existential crisis. Um, this is a great letter. I love this. I love this because I think this is relevant to so many people. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Just right out of the gate, when she talks about the nothingness of night, why does this hit her then? I think that's because that's when you're truly... Uh, you you don't have as much stimulation, mm-hmm. and you're alone no with yourself now. Yep. And that person who you're talking to, who is you, that's who you're talking to right before you fall asleep about whatever thoughts. And I totally get that they can go so dark. I have the same f- like fears, the same like scariness of like what the fuck is any of it. Um, so I I love that. Have you guys ever done? Uh, I know you've done it because we've gone together. Um, uh, sensory deprivation tanks. No, oh, hell yeah. That is an example of being with yourself and really having to Does be with yourself. Does that go bad, yourself. though, then, sometimes? It, I mean, it depends who you mm. are. I think it can depends. be great. I think it's a great exercise on being with yourself because that's it's just you. you're and, rarely just, in that position where it's like, it's how do you, you feel? What's your relationship Rogan. like with yourself? That's a way to, like, figure right. it out. Right. I'm a big fan of it. Um, yeah. That made me think of it just because... Uh, that that can be tough being in the sensory deprivation tank. You're naked, the warm water, you're floating, you have the earplugs in, your eyes are closed, you can't see anything. Really? You don't have to do anything. You're effortlessly floating. What if you're and claustrophobic? And it's just you like and your thoughts. It's not a claustrophobic not space too... in my opinion. No, it's okay. not. Okay. It is like a seven-foot ceiling. Oh, And really? the water is like two feet deep or something like that. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's not as enclosed as I was. I always thought it was like a casket That's type what situation. I think yeah, too. Yeah, not, yeah. not a casket. No. Okay. So much space. So <laughs> yeah. much space. It's like a king-size bed. You could stand up water. at any point and put really? your hands up and, and touch, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. You have like a lot of space. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you know that the door is, you know, I mean, you basically yeah, 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 know. Yeah, yeah. Of course, when you lose yourself, you lose orientation, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do, you, do you guys have that when you're about to fall asleep at night? Do you go... Negative, or do you have a thing when you're about to fall asleep? Like, do you have a thing you always do? Like, you go through yes, this. Like, for example, when I'm excited, like I will sometimes play a golf course in my head, Rory. and I fall asleep pretty quickly. Really? Oh, it's the best. I love it. What I played course? so many courses like that I, 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 consistently enough. What are you, Hannibal? I'm a little Hannibal. Have you yes. ever? Do you, do you know that about those books? <laughs> no, no. Hannibal, no. Hannibal Lecter creates a castle in his mind, filled. Every room is filled. Every and to in the books it talks about how when he's in the solitary all that stuff he he just retreats into his own mind and spends his time reading books and doing things in his castle yeah. inside, that he's created in his yeah. house yeah. power that's a powerful brain <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no I just play a golf course and I, <laughs> I want to hit the ball here then I want to hit it here then I want to do this next hole and I'm like asleep very quickly really um, but I also sometimes can't do that you know sometimes your thoughts get away from you and you're now you're suddenly thinking deep dark is it Silent shit. in your room when you go to bed. We have a noise machine. Yeah. I need. I grew up with a fan like in uh, my face, so I need sound. You're, I you're can't have one of those guys. It's gate check in a box fan at the United. I would. I <laughs> the, the eight, late eighties. Yeah, I need this. God, <laughs> God. Uh, no, I got a noise machine. I turn on one of the domes or whatever they're they're uh-huh. called. Yeah, so fantastic. Um, I have the same but what thing. about you guys? What's your? Uh, here's what, so I'll I'll do the same thing where I'm like I can get into the void yeah. of like what do i need to do today that i didn't do what do i need to do tomorrow what am i doing with my life yeah. like all of that like what if i what are big like thematical things in my life i'm not working on all that stuff someone told me once a, a good technique for like calming your mind down and falling asleep was pick a color and then think of every animal that color yeah and sometimes at work, I'll expand that out to, like, food that's that color. So that's, like, an exercise. But my main routine is I listen to a radio show based out of Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, it's an overnight radio show called uh, – it's hosted by a guy named Nick DiGilio. It's the Nick DiGilio show on WGN 720. Nicky 720. D. Welcome that back to Nicky WGN D. WGN 720 AM, the dial, the mothership. Um, <laughs> and I th- what they do is they pod- – mothership. They podcast that <laughs> – Radio show in segments, like topics. Okay. And so it'll be like, oh, the craziest, you know, like space stories or whatever it is. And and it's generally pop culture and it's very light. Yeah. And so I listen to that on Tuesday night. I will, they will have dropped already Monday night's show. Yeah. So it's kind of like a night, it has a nighttime feeling show to it. Yeah. They know that it's the middle of the night and all the reference points are the fact that it's the middle of the night. Yeah. And I listen to that and it really, you know, I, on the uh, app, the, I, 
podcast app, you can set like turn off in 50 minutes or Ooh, 15, like 30, oh, 45, yeah, so smart, or yeah. when episode so ends. I have it just going on for Yeah. Me. And so I'll set it for anywhere from 30 minutes to when episode ends. And that's how every night. I kind of will like I'll go to sleep with that, and it helps me not think about anything else than whatever yeah. fun mundane top topic there. Sure, they're, I guess that's a those don't work together, fun and mundane, but just fun, fundane, fundane, a fundane podcast. Yeah, fundane's got to be a website. Fundane.com. Um, <laughs> it's fun mundanity. Yeah, and I also I also if not that I need sound. Yeah, 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 I can't sit there in silence. I can't That's, have the silence because the sound will start in my head. It's too <laughs> loud. The silence is too yeah, loud. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's if, if you, I, I wear earplugs to sleep. Really? Yeah, because you're a light sleeper. No, not at all. I just kind of think like I just want to maximize no interruptions. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, you, you're saying that you need to listen to noise. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, but the weird thing is that there's no such thing as true silence. You know, right. so if you've ever gone into uh, an anechoic chamber, it's where they test microphones and stuff. It's a fully dead room, and it it's, has a, people go crazy in there, go, don't they? They go crazy because yeah, there's yeah. no like because it's a big room. So visually, you see a big room. Yeah, you're on. You're standing on a mesh floor that's yeah. suspended. So it's midway. So it's a room that when you walk into it, you're walking into the halfway height of it, uh-huh. and uh, or height of it, and then you just kind of like stand in the middle, and you you get no reference of sound at all. So it's it's completely disorienting. I mean, it's and you can like weird. hear That's your body. Right? Can yeah, you can hear your body. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna ask, could you hear like your fingers rub together? Apparently, uh, you can hear like your organs. You can like hear your heart. Yeah. If you, oh, re- yeah. If you really wanted to, you could. Yeah. But the but the thing is, I noticed is that there's always a little there's kind something. of sound. There's always a little white noise already happening. Really? So when I put in earplugs, I notice that there's white noise from my brain happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so some people don't like the feeling of being cut off because they're like, what if someone came in? You know, and then they start thinking about that yeah. and they start freaking out. I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't really worry about that so much. But, uh, but you know, I don't know, the existential crisis of thinking like, oh, what happened? You know, I'm getting older and people are going to die and I'm not going to. And what is nothingness? And yeah. I mean, if I am to be if I'm to die and just cease to exist, then why? Why am I even here aware of myself? You know, like these yeah. kinds of like cyclical thoughts. I don't know. I just think of it as like it's definitely you're just like grooving on a wave and that life is really big and that you have to be open to whatever comes your way. Because that's 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 where living is. Otherwise, you start to go into a fear mode, and then you then you over you create too much preciousness around things. Yeah. And then you're trying to hold on to everything so tight because you're like, oh, I don't want to lose this. I want to lose this. I want to lose this. And I better take this moment. All of that stuff. It's more like, can you ride the wave of whatever's happening and still be super appreciative right. of your family, yeah. you know, your offspring, offspring, all that stuff. And you're just riding that wave, but you're also aware that life is really big and you don't have to worry about what's going to happen because what's going to happen is going to happen. Because that's the difference, right? You're like, you're not living in this moment. You're living in fear of future moments exactly. that may or may not come. Somebody exactly. Well, said, also, you live in fear of those future moments, and then when they happen, because some of them yeah. are bound to, sure. yep. you then go, see, I was right. And yes. it's like, yeah, but you were right about literally saying, I bet you a million dollars the number seven follows the number six. And it's like, well, it does. So when right. you get to six, they go seven, you go, see, I was right. It's like, that was going to happen. You right. can't. Yeah. So I heard somebody say once, worry is paying a debt that may never be owed. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. But and if- that was <clears throat> that was your dog. <laughs> I think it was a guy named Jay Lorette who who eats chicken bones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. But what about the part in there where, she, where Amy says, do you, do you think the fear lessens as you get older and get used to it, or do you think it gets worse as we get closer to it? Here's what I think. I don't, I don't think that – I think it's very much in the vein of what you're saying. I think it's just you, you – cope with it through your philosophical outlook of what you believe this experience to be. Mm-hmm. I think mm. I, I relate to all that she's saying and I totally understand what yes. you're talking about and how you have to like view it because I struggle with this all the time to go, yeah. oh, I also agree we can't hold on too tightly but then you go, but then how <laughs> do I less, how do like, I mean, especially it's gotten worse for me now that I have my daughter like it's, yeah. you see, you, you see the progress of a life in just three years I'm like, where did those three years go? Like, I, yeah. I, I think about it all the time. Like, how do I keep these precious moments because it's flying at such a pace that you're like, oh my god, I want you to slow down. And if I go on the road, I come back after a week or two, 
she's not even the same person because at such a young age, their brains grow so mm-hmm. rapidly. Mm-hmm. They're downloading so much information. Like you'll hear her yeah. even just structure a sentence differently than exactly. she did a week ago. Or her like, voice changes slightly. Or she's a little bit taller. Right. And you start to look wow. back and go, Trippy. I tell everybody that just had a baby. I'm like, enjoy that infancy. I know a lot of people say that. Enjoy the infancy despite the fact you're going the craziest because you're not sleeping and it's six months of insanity and they're just crying and, and it's you don't know what's going on. You're fearful you're not doing anything right and you're screwing them up psychologically somehow. Right. <laughs> And then it, when it's gone, you're like, oh, I wish I would have embraced that more. But instead, it was so hard that I didn't realize that that when that ends, it's for it's gone. It, you're not getting yeah. it, it back. And then, you know, there's I even tell people like when your kid's little, like if they're like, hold me, like hold them. Because there'll be an age where you can't, and there'll be an age where they don't want you to. Right. Yeah. And then you'll go, God, right. I wish every time, as opposed to, hey, you're big, I'm not going to hold you now. It's like, anytime my daughter says, hold me, I hold her instantly. Yeah. Because yeah. that day will end. She's not going to be 20 going, and my dad still holds me because he never <laughs> told me no. Right. But it, th- those little things that maybe she's talking about, like I also live in that fear of like death. My mother passed away when I was very young. So I was going to ask like, you. I, we've talked about it before. But I was uh, like, you kind yeah. of were born into it's, like, you better precious yeah. these moments. Exactly. Born into like the reality that that can go away. happen. Like that, oh, that death is real. Like yeah. I think there's a lot of people who maybe get into their late 20s before maybe a grandparent dies. And maybe that's You're the right. first person who was close in their life. That If they're so fortunate to not experience sure, some, sure. some other tragedy. Um, to be like, oh my God, that's so crazy to now cope with this person being gone. Like it, it, that occurred to me too when my grandparents passed away. I was like, oh, I, I, my mom died at such a young age, and yet here I am for the first time experiencing what it's like to lose someone I knew, mm-hmm. and you know, yes. in such a different way. But I, I relate to that. You live in this fear of losing people, but then it goes back to exactly what you just said, where it's like you're going to lose them. Right. You can, there's nothing you can do right yeah. to save yourself or them time yeah. is just time I think and that's, it's going to it's going to happen i think that maybe yeah. is a benefit of something you not everybody but there's an opportunity there to have learned that by having lost something earlier or whatever because you say you can say to yourself like my grandfather was my father figure that was what yeah. i had and at six and a half he died mm-hmm. and i remember being with all the other grandkids who were all younger than me and they wanted to take us to get like milkshakes and i was sitting there being like how can we get milkshakes when down the street like they're having the wake right because i was taking it like an adult and this was kind of before the edge of people really being able to identify trauma and kids for loss like oh they have their own level that's really fucking them up right yeah yeah yeah. but i think that what that did was it helped me in some ways i still have like some fears of loss but what it did help me is i've been on the other side of the loss and know that there's nothing there so rather than worry about when that happens and you'll get nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. Try to just be like, well, I'm here in this right now, so I have to value this. Because, yes, I can worry about the day that person dies, but I know that every day after that is nothingness. So you've got – you kind of have to be like, pick them up right now. And that helps yeah. you in that moment yeah, rather yeah. than be like, pick them up right yeah. now and be like, what about when I can't pick them exactly. up? Like, Settle exactly. down. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, pick yeah, them yeah, up yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's quality. I mean it's really about quality of time spent. You yes, know, and and it's way more because my, my mom is by herself. My dad passed away fourteen years ago, and my mom lives by herself in the same house I grew up in, Montana. And I try to go see. I started two years ago. I started saying, or I said to myself, I'm gonna try to see her once a month. So I so I try to, you know, for the most part, I go once a month, even if it's just three days. Yeah, and uh, and I just want to learn as much as I can from my mom because I know she's like getting older and she's sure. her health is failing a bit and I want to enjoy that and there are def- lots of moments where I kind of project what it would feel like to lose her because mm-hmm. she's really the last person in my family that I'm close to yeah. that's it Yeah. so when that happens so I'll project a little bit and I try to make it softer you know like 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 the way i project it when she leaves i'll i like to say that when that does happen i would have spent a lot of quality time with her yep. and that yep. i really made an effort and that if i was mad i always say like hey i'm sorry for blah blah, blah and i love you just say i love you as much as i can yeah, the yeah. more that i can do that and kind of let go of that because some some in some ways I'm still in my twenties like oh mom I don't want no I'm gonna go by myself with my friends down to the you know whatever yeah, I still yeah. have a little bit of that sure but I'm trying to get rid of that so that I can see her more as a in a way like as a friend yeah right and because she's a really wise person and has gone through a lot of experience so for me it's about getting the quality out of it but not feeling like I gotta get all of it now it's more like 
I, it's a it's a tight it's a tightrope, right? Right. Yeah, like yeah. I like I want to prepare myself so that I'm not like fucking you know punched in the fucking face out of nowhere yeah. by yeah. it and be like no, you know I don't want it to be like that. I just want it to be a process. Yeah, and you also then also wonder like the scales of you know being present for somebody, but then going well. I also have to live my own life. I also have to leave yes, the nest and I this know. other thing. I think You're about right. it a lot because I'm very far away. Uh, from my family, which I don't see very often, and you just kind of are like you. You look at it like, well, this is, this is animals. This is what yeah. they do. You leave, Biology. and that's yeah. This is how how it goes. I mean, there's people who stay, like in Rochelle. Like there's there's, sure. uh, or at least what I picture of Rochelle to be. There's people who stay, and they and I have it in my hometown. Like people who have the same friends that yeah. they grew up with and they'll probably die next to. Yes. And that's, you know, its own form of, of living. And there's parts of me that is happy with what I have. And then I'm like jealous of what yep. someone else has. But then you're just like, I don't know. I, it, this kind of goes back a little bit to the other letter too, where it's like, if you are following this passion and you are just kind of going deep sea diving <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. following you that line you can't wonder what's going on on the other line you got to stick to to yours because you yeah. it's it's what you want to do it's 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 in the grand scheme of things there's nothing right or or wrong about it i think to in some simple way try to answer amy's question here is that yes i think what you're experiencing is something a lot of people experience and i think the only way to cope with it is to figure out how to mentally uh, create a philosophy about uh, around what you think you're experiencing and and how to deal with it because these are these are very broad fears that everyone has yeah. and thinks about and I know a lot of parents who think about it too when your kid climbs a bed you know those those days are going to be over it goes back to what you're saying how do you cherish it now because there's nothing you can do yeah about it it's tough well I mean you know and one one final thing I'll say is that it's that it's the resolution like the more that you open you relax and open yourself up to an experience the more resolution you're experiencing mm-hmm. therefore that you have a higher richness and and it's 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 there's a there's an ease that comes with re-experiencing things when you've actually paid attention to the micro details. Yeah, you right. Know? So in a way, like the more that you increase your quality of experience in general, the more you can. I mean, it's a way kind of time travel. You can time travel and you can feel that feeling, and you're like, oh yeah, because I was there. Yeah, you know, as opposed you took to like, in all the there? elements around it. Yeah, yeah. you make a very vivid memory. Yeah, because yeah, otherwise, yeah. fear. It's like fear. It's like riding a train, and you're not paying. You know, you're like texting when yeah. like, sure. there's the most beautiful countryside in the world. It's yeah, like, hey, yeah. what was that like going on that train ride? Uh, I guess it was the same as me taking an Uber. As, as, as not taking the train. Yeah. As not exactly. going anywhere. As not going anywhere right. at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very true. Awesome. Awesome. Good that letter, was a great man. letter. And thank you, letter. Reggie, for joining us today. Yeah, yeah my man. pleasure, man. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, everybody who listened today. Hit us up on the Pen Pals Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can Gmail. Yeah, you can find Gmail at thepenpalspod at gmail.com. Sincerely, Daniel Van Kirk. Rory Scovel and our first guest ever, Reggie Watts.